Welcome to The Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesleyan Church. Get it, got it, give it. Here in The Sweat Room, we dive into today's questions about sports and faith. God deserves um, to be worshipped, no matter where you're at, no matter how tough things are. And for anyone out there that's struggling, um, and we've said this from day one, never choose a permanent solution for a temporary problem. And now, here's your hosts, Noah and Bjorn. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the 25th episode of The Sweat Room. My name is Noah Corson, alongside my co-host, Bjorn Webb. We are so honored and so blessed to have you today with our conversation with Carrie Spring. Carrie is involved with the Real Raw Truth podcast. As some of you are like, why do I recognize that podcast, that name? That's because her co-host is Robbie Ra, one of our former guests, and that was an amazing conversation itself go check our previous episode with Robbie Ra out as well as their podcast it's so refreshing with the faith the fitness world you're just going to be encouraged from their podcast and Carrie today is going to dive in just a little of who she is a little of her testimony and her testimony is powerful this is one where it's not all fun and games you're going to walk away and be like wow that is heavy heavy stuff but it's a reminder that God is always in the midst of tragedy and heartbreak she tragically lost her son to suicide so she is passionate about bullying and suicide prevention and her family has created in honor of her son the Gregory D. Spring Perseverance Scholarship Fund, and it encourages, empowers, and enables students to pursue higher education in a trade or technical program. This is a conversation that is so, so powerful and just shows the power of our testimony and how God works in the middle of that. So make sure before we dive in to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. We're on all social platforms at Watermark Sports on Instagram and Facebook. And then at Twitter, it's a little different. It's at Sweat Room Pod. So make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And I just want to take a moment just to say thank you to everyone who is paying attention to and tuning into this podcast. It's not just listeners in Buffalo, New York. It is across the country and across the world. So we want to thank you for tuning in. Our church is based out of Buffalo, New York. We're right by the Buffalo Bill Stadium. And the things that we're doing from this little church is going across the world. So we just want to take a moment just to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We wouldn't be here without you. And so without further ado, here's our conversation with Carrie spring well welcome to the sweat room today carrie spring i can't wait to get into a little bit about what we talk about and um and just share what god has done in my life yeah absolutely so we'd love to start off could you just tell us you know so we know that you've been a coach in the past and that you love soccer could you tell us just a little bit about what you love about soccer or sports and about being a coach Sports has been a part of my life since I was able to walk, really. And all through, you know, high school, you know, and then heading into college, I played both, I uh, played soccer, basketball, and softball. And, you know, just that part of being a part of a team is bringing unity. It shows commitment and responsibility to more than just yourself. And I just love that because it just was a bond that you always had going through. And the older you got, you know, your high school friends kind of fade away, but your teammates are, are core. And, and even today, I'm still friends with some of those individuals that I played with. It was a stronger bond because we had that commitment with sports. And once I got married and had kids of my own, 
I kind of missed that, you know, a little bit. And my kids wanted to play sports. So then I began coaching and there again, it just gave me the opportunity to really instill in them. I love to win, but winning wasn't everything when it came to sports. It was more about teaching them about family, teaching them about commitment and responsibility and things that they could take on as, as lifelong um, lessons throughout, even in a sport. And then when you win, that's just like the extra bonus, um, within the sport. And so I just enjoyed it all the way from five-year-olds all the way up through college students. Um, and soccer, just, you know, more kids can play more kids on the team. So it just happened to be, you know, one of my loves and my favorite sport. Mm. Was there a specific age group that you liked coaching more than others? And for any specific reason? Um, I, you know, I, for a while there, I, I loved to do the, um, high school girls. Um, I specifically loved coaching the, uh, goalies, um, because, you know, you're the last line of defense. There's a lot of extra pressure, but, um, you know, there's just a lot of drills and confidence builders and getting into their minds and, and giving them a positive mindset. And I really enjoyed that. But once I got done with college, college was a little tougher because you don't have that same bond and unity. It's more, I say the, the older the people, the older the problem, the more the problems. Um, <laughs> but I, went, I went back, um, and did a group of 10 and 11 year old co-ed team. And I had the time of my life because mm. it became, they were there simply to be with their friends, but they wanted to learn the sport in a whole different level. So if you told them that they had to run a mile um, and they would get better, they would run the mile without talking back to you. Um, mm. I would never make them do that, but it's kind of the illustration that they respected you as a coach and they would do anything to get better. Um, so, you know, kind of reverse later on in, in life. Mm. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you and our previous guest, Robbie Ra, started a podcast together called The Real Raw Truth. What was your inspiration for you guys to start the podcast? Well, it kind of came together through COVID and we realized that we had been in a lot of situations um, that people were experiencing or we knew people that were going through it. And we thought, you know, this is the perfect time to kind of pivot and rebound off of where people are at and give them information with the Christian setting and help people through things. And we had a lot of the tools. I had the technology. We both knew people that could really um, bring God back into the scene of this world where God was missing. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, we knew that people were open to hear about Christ because they were so looking for hope. So we came out with it and we started it up in June. Wow. What well, do you have any examples of what you mean by, you know, you said something like about how God is sort of out of this world and bringing him back into it. Like, how have you seen that play out? Um, for examples, our schools, I mean, kids can't pray in school. They can't talk about God or they get punished. Um, and, you know, even even when you're restricted at work, there are places where you work that you can't go and bring your Bible out on your lunch and read your Bible or do your devotion. It is, it is just so that God is out of the world in a lot of circumstances and the way the world has um, permitted him to be um, for you to openly, you know, display your Christianity. Mm. And we need more than ever God um, everywhere we go. And we should be able to openly pray. We should be able to openly gather. We should be able to openly take our Bible wherever. And it's restricted so much. Mm. Yeah, no, that's so true. So with the four words that are part of your mission with your podcast that you do, 
Um, could you tell us what those four words are and what they mean to you and sort of why those four words were the inspiration behind um, the start of this new show? Sure. Um, mind, body, soul, and spirit. And, and the mind is one of my favorites because I love positive mindset. And this is something that even, um, you know, as we get into my testimony a little bit, when we lost our son, I had to find something that to have that positive mindset to be able to get going and moving every day. And so, you know, one of the things that I'm really, really faithful on is getting up every day and spending time in the word, spending time in prayer, um, spending uh, time exercising, spending time, positive reinforcements, you know, you know, I, I am thankful for, um, and it could be, you know, my skill set to my husband, to my daughter, it could be very basic things to very um, large things in my life. And it just really starts your day off as, you know, I'm just thankful. And you start out with a smile on your face instead of, oh man, I had to get out of bed again. You know, that, that total change of pace and the way you think and the way you act and the way you feel on a daily basis. And as far as your body, um, I'm big in exercise. Um, and I'm big on the way that I, um, eat, you know, eat healthy. And, um, and, and we wanted to drive this home and obviously Robbie's, Robbie's huge into this in the fitness and health industry. Um, but it's so important because I let myself go for a little bit when, you know, between the transition of, um, you know, UPS to, you know, my son passing to stuff where I just didn't care what I ate. And then my body started to just break down. And, um, so getting back to the core of the way I felt, you know, made me feel so much better. And, um, I knew, you know, so it's important to relay cause I've been on both ends of the spectrum and, and just, you know, not on the horrible end of the spectrum, but just where I let myself go enough where I was just feeling terrible. Um, so that's very important. And then it's curious too, because we had Robbie on. So what is like a little of your diet? Cause when we had her on, she was talking about how she drinks a salad and Bjorn and I were like, Oh my goodness, that is hardcore. So just curious, do you drink a salad too? I don't drink a salad, okay. but I, I drink my greens. Um, you know, I have, I have my greens in there and, and I am not, um, vegan or anything. I like my meat. Um, sure, but I'm yeah. pretty good on portions. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I go low carb, but no, I, I do have my green shake in the morning, but I do not put a salad in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We go out to eat with Robbie. I'm like, I mean, I'm ordering meat, man. Meat's going to be on my plate. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be me. No. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, I do. But like, um, I, you know, for example, I got kidney stones 25 in one year oh, and, goodness. and yeah, and it was just a nightmare. So there were a lot of things that had to come off the table on my diet. And, um, some of them are obvious, but honestly, some of them are, um, beans, peas, berries, you know, simple things that are good for you, but, um, they also didn't help when you had deep fried stuff. And, yeah. and so, you know, I just had to adapt between that and obviously some of it was stuff I shouldn't have been eating, but exercise. Yeah. I didn't mean to get you but, sidetracked. You were talking about mind body. What about soul and spirit? Soul and spirit. Well, you know, soul and spirit, a lot of times are, are placed together, but they, they are, are separate, you know, soul, mm that's your life, you know, and, and you have your soul here on earth and then your soul goes with you when you pass. And, and, um, you know, but your spirit, you know, unbel unbelievers are spiritually dead. Mm. And, and so, you know, we wanted to have, um, we wanted to have this part brought out about your spirit and, and to know your personal thoughts and, and, 
you know, God, um, God comprehends everything that you're going through, but a person, their thoughts, um, they're the only ones that can understand through the spirit what their thoughts are and their thoughts through the spirit is God knows he's the only one that knows. So when you accept Christ and you bring him into your you know life and you have the spirit and the understanding, um, it kind of separates the soul and the spirit. Mm. And, and those are kind of different. So we kind of wanted to make that understanding, but also make that connection because you have to keep your spirit alive while you're here on earth. And you have the responsibility to humanity and to yourself um, to have that intimate relationship with God through the spirit. Mm, that is so good. And so for you, I, I'd love for our listeners just to know a little about your testimony because you, you and your family have been through just heartbreak and tragedy. And I would just love to know your testimony and man, how did God get you through, uh, just get you through what you went through in the midst of, of tragedy? Sure. Um, my husband and I were blessed with two children. Um, my daughter who's today is 26 and my son, Greg, um, who's just a couple years younger than her. Um, back in 2013, um, well, a little hindsight before that we, um, we knew that my son had a mild form of Tourette's and, um, you know, but he didn't, he didn't show it too much. It was pretty much curbed and he was an actually an excellent soccer player. Um, and, and he could make anything with his hands. Like as far as you hand him a block of wood and he could make a baseball bat. So hands on, he could do about anything. Um, so we, but we knew bullying happened because Tourette's is So, um, Come on the day after Father's Day in 2013, um, he committed suicide. Mm. Um, bullying became difficult. The, um, the stress of life, at just a moment, he impulsed and, um, and pulled the trigger. And, mm. and for us, it was a time period in our lives where we were in total shock because it was something that we never heard him talk about. We never heard him you know, even show whim, we knew he struggled with it, but we discussed it as a family. We, um, we got him help. We confirmed in him that God knew um, what he was going through, but it was just a, a temporary time in his life and that God created him for good. And we reminded him of all the skills that he had. And, and, um, in that moment in time, he forgot all that. And so, you know, we, we, we struggled with that and, um, and, and, you know, at first we were obviously, you know, you go through the grieving period, but one of the difficult things that came out of that was the following day or within 48 hours on the funeral home website, somebody wrote, ha ha ha, he's dead. I hope he's in hell. Ugh. And, you know, at first we were just like, you know, what else are you going to throw at us? Mm. But as we look now, um, we made the decision before the funeral and before the burial that, you know, God says that, that we're, we're instructed that by faith we need to forgive. And so we knew without a doubt that we needed to forgive the person that wrote that and that, um, we needed to, um, set that aside and be an example through our pain because, um, if we carried that with us, we'd never be able to move forward. 
even in our grieving, we never could move forward. Um, you know, we had to keep going back to Colossians 3.13. Um, give by faith out of obedience. And we just said that over and over and over again. Um, we also felt that we needed to, um, at the service, use it as an opportunity to witness to his classmates. Not only witness as our faith, but to witness to the fact that suicide is not a, a good choice. Suicide doesn't just take the pain away. It just causes more for the ones left behind. Mm-hmm. And um, we were fortunate enough that Greg knew Christ. We know he's in heaven. Um, and we wanted to make sure, you know, that don't wait till tomorrow because you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Get your life right, right with Christ. So we made sure that happened. But the hardest thing we had to do out of anything and everything um, in our life, even today, was we had to forgive our son. Um, because ultimately he made the choice. And so forgiving him was the biggest struggle we had just because we still couldn't comprehend why he did it. Um, but out of obedience, we just, we forgave him, um, and gave it to God for us to be able to grieve and continue moving forward. But I would also say today, it also gave us the opportunity to continue to witness to his friends and comfort his friends in the years to come. Hmm. Now, did you guys have, what, what, what was something that really, I mean, obviously Colossians 3.13, um, how, how was your church around you? How were your friends and your family? How did, how did they help you during that process as well? During that um, you know, it was, it was a really difficult time in our area because our pastors were already leaving before that. So the last thing oh, they did wow. was Greg's funeral. Um, and, and so that was a hard time, but our close knit friends, um, still faithful to this day. Um, we did, I mean, if I'm, I'm going to be straight out here, even some Christians that we thought were our friends did some crazy things. Um, you know, we had someone say, you know, God won't give you more than you can handle. You know, that, that old mm-hmm. saying we had, why did you ever let your son have a gun? You know, well, he was a hunter, you know, um, we had someone say, I went to a psychic and they said, everything's going to be okay. And we're like, psychic, that's out of our faith, you know? Um, but the worst thing we ever had said to us and, and it broke my heart for the person is what sin have you committed that God is punishing you for? Uh. And when they said that to me, um, and it was in a, it was in a text, I'm going, man, you don't understand our God. Cause even in my most deepest pain, God would never create more pain for us. You know, something happened that day and God chose not to save our son. What that reason is, Gino and I may never ever understand this side of earth. And maybe when we get to heaven, we won't care, but he would never cause us pain. He just chose to take him home. And one of the things that we have kind of seen through it is he knew Greg was going home. So that may be the reason. That may be the one sole reason. He knew he couldn't take the pain, so he knew he was going home, so he took him home. Mm. Um, that's the only thing we've been revealed at this point. So I'm not sure, you know, any other thing besides that, but we know that our God would never go and punish his children much something evil. Mm. Well, is there is there anything else that, that God has taught you personally um, or you and your husband or your family as a whole um, through this time, either early on in the process like you've talked about, or even to this point, like what is God sort of maybe still teaching you? Um, you know, one of the big things he taught us, um, there's a couple of things. Um, 
everyone grieves at a different pace, a different process. Um, you know, for my husband, he was more right at the moment. I'm more, let me get through it and then I'll process it, you know, after the fact. Um, but for him and I, we never blamed each other and same with my daughter. Um, mm. This was not a time to blame. This was not a time to go back and say, what if? Um, we couldn't change the event. So there's no sense in beating anybody up over it. Um, we chose that our daughter was uh, actually at Hilbert at the time. And we'd said that, you know, we're going to take one year with no major changes, no matter what we do, no major changes. So she stayed in school. We provided everything we could to help her through because um, she was, she was a forensic science major. So that didn't help the situation with what she was going through. Um, and for my husband and I, we, went back to our vows because um, one thing that kept coming out is, oh, 2% of parents stay married after they lose a child. And my daughter was really worried about that. And, um, but we had come back to saying, you know, we, we got married and these were our vows. Are we sticking to them, you know, through life and through death, you know, all the things in between sickness and health, or are we walking away because it got a little tough? Mm. And, um, and we're actually, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't seem real when we look back, but we're stronger now than we were before. And it wasn't that we were weak. It's just that that bond is even tighter. And I don't think anybody could wedge it through. Um, yeah. Because we come back to not only the love for our son, the love for our daughter, but our love for Christ and the way he is the head of our home. And, mm -hmm. and now, you know, with Believer's Chapel open and us being there, we transitioned there right after our pastors left. So, and you know what that church is like, and, and we just love it. And we're very active in there and the support, the groups we're involved with and stuff is just, I mean, very active and good. So it's just something that, you know, we just love. We, we don't like say, oh, Sunday we have to get out of bed. We're like, is Sunday here yet? We want to be at church. Cool. Mm -hmm. That's so good. One, one more thing that I want to sort of go back to um, that you mentioned earlier of, you know, it was, it was one of the responses that maybe one of your friends, I forget who it was, maybe that said this to you, but they said something along the lines of, you know, God never gives you more than you can handle. Um, could you maybe talk a little bit about that um, and maybe why that was hard for you to hear? Um, you know, it was, it was hard to hear because I don't think that God's puts challenges against you just to test you out to see like hey i'm going to push the limit to this point and mm. um it's, it's there's nowhere in the bible you find that phrase mm. so there's nowhere there that you're going to find it and um you know it's almost like a cliche that's put out there and you know for us and, and part of it's a learning curve is if you don't know what to say sometimes you're best to just say i'm praying for you or say nothing at all um, mm. as opposed to, you know, just keep sticking a, a stick into the wound already, you know? Um, so that was, that was difficult because it's like, you know, and, and it may have been harder too, because of all the other, um, we, we just call them stupid things that people say, but when you're constantly getting poked, um, you know, and especially after the sin committed comment, um, we were just like, you know, are, are you really a Christian? Are you really trying to offer advice or are you just throwing things out because um, you feel you have to say something? And, and, I, and you know, you're, you're sensitive at that time. Um, but what we were looking for, and this is one thing that, that we really stress to people is you need your friends more than ever during that time. 
And even if you don't know what to say, come sit next to that person and just let them talk. Let them lean on you. Let them cry on your shoulder. Um, at least let them know you're there. And then if they need you, they will come and find you as opposed to say something that could be more harmful than good. Mm. Well, so. Yeah, that, that, that's so good. And that's such great advice is, you know, oftentimes people aren't looking for you to fix their problems. They're looking for you to just care and just yeah. love them. And you can communicate love by just being there. So that's, that's such wise advice. And I know that's something that I need to continue to remind myself um, because I'm a, I'm a Mr. Fix it kind of guy. I want to, you know, somebody comes with an issue and I'm like, all right, this is how we're going to fix it. Let's move forward doing this. And man, that is not the right response so many times. Um, and that's hard for me because that's how I'm wired, but that's such good advice. And yeah, so thank you so much for sharing that. So could you tell us a little bit about uh, the Gregory Spring um, Perseverance Scholarship that you guys have now in place? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, you know, we established this, I think we officially got to go in a year after he passed and um, we've expanded since then. And it's through the Cataraugus Foundation um, in Olean, which is a 5013C, um, which is awesome. Um, so we put it in there and then they all the applications go there and then we just pick and they deal with all the money. We don't have to do anything with the money, but tell them where to send it and who gets the scholarship. Um, the, this year we passed the $20,000 mark of what we've given wow. away. Mm. So that has just been an awesome mark. And this year we gave $5,000 away. Wow. Um, so there's six schools that can get it. Only on Portville, uh, Allegheny, Hinsdale, Ellicottville, and Frankville schools. And, um, we preferably give it to, um, kids going into trades or, or technical programs, but, um, they get preference and if, uh, but people that persevere and overcome situations is really what we, what we aim for. Um, mm -hmm. but Greg was going to be a welder. And one thing we discovered in that is there's hardly any money for kids going into trades. Mm -hmm. So that's part of where our heart was, is we're like, these kids deserve it. I mean, yeah, we need doctors, but if the building can't be built, we can't have a surgical lab, you know? So, um, so we really wanted to encourage them. And we have had a lot of individuals um, go through a trade like that. And, you know, the, the, the most rewarding is, you know, we, we stand behind and we're able to give because, um, you know, we have a couple different places that, you know, we do things for, and then they donate into the scholarship fund or whatever. But, um, the comments the kids come back with are just heartwarming. Like we've heard comments come back with a thank you note saying, you believed in me, so I believed in myself and now I've got my degree mm. or something like that. And, you know, it's kind of like Christ coming, um, saying, you know, looking over you down and says, I know you can do this. I know you're scared. You're just graduating from school. This is a new step, but I've got gotcha. you. And it's so rewarding because we couldn't do this without Christ. Mm. And we couldn't do this out with our friends that, um, Believers Chapel and some of Greg's um, good buddies that go up with us when we do some of these um, fundraiser games and stuff. And, you know, we just work together and we just see God just using it and growing it and, and just helping so many people that we're just in awe sitting back saying, see, Greg, he's still using you today. Mm -hmm. Now, how can people get involved with that, with the scholarship? Um, if you want to apply, um, it's done through uh, cattfoundation.org, um, and there's a scholarship page that you can apply, and it usually opens up in February or March if you're a senior for those schools, 
if you want to get involved and actually work some of the games that we work, um, if sports open back up, um, <laughs> we, we do Sabres games. Um, you can go to, we have a Facebook page, um, the Gregory Spring Perseverance Scholarship page on Facebook that you can link in with us, uh, connect in, and we will have all the information there and um, link in with us. And we volunteer for two or three games and we just have a blast um, and get to know each other. And it's just, you know, great because it's giving back to a bunch of kids. Mm, that's so good. I know Bjorn and I have just gained a lot of just what you've said today, you you have a powerful testimony and I know our listeners have really appreciated that as well. So just as we finish up, do you have any closing thoughts, final remarks, words of encouragement just for our listeners? Yeah. Uh, there's one quote by Laura story that, that really carried me through. Cause when I couldn't read my Bible, I couldn't, you know, really comprehend, you know, the tears are flowing. Um, you know, she had a quote, God deserves my worship in my, in my brokenness. And so I would encourage you, if you're going through something and you you'd really just struggle with the reading or anything, you can turn on worship music, um, listen to it, listen to the words. And no matter what you listen to, you know, God deserves um, to be worshiped, no matter where you're at, no matter how tough things are. And for anyone out there that's struggling, um, and we've said this from day one, never choose a permanent solution for a temporary problem. Mm. Continue to give it to God and God will show you um, a way out. He will show you a better way to handle a situation. He will guide you through on a path. Um, but just don't turn, don't choose that permanent solution. Mm. Mm. Wow. wow. That's, that's so powerful. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. That's really good advice. Not choosing you know, what, what was it not choosing a permanent solution for a temporary problem? Yes. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's so good. Yeah. So thank you so much, Carrie, for being with us today and all those listening, I encourage you guys to go um, check out their podcast, uh, real raw truth with Carrie spring and Robbie raw. Well, you will hear a lot more um, words of wisdom uh, from Carrie and um, her partner in crime, Robbie raw over there. So <laughs> go check them out. Um, and give that a listen as well. So thank you guys for listening today. Appreciate it. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you so much, Carrie Spring, for joining us today. That was such a powerful conversation and so many um, great words of wisdom and little tidbits that I know I'll take with me from here as I go on and, and live my life. Um, yeah, Noah, what, were, what was one of your uh, reflecting points from that interview today? Yeah, I know for me, I, I took a lot out of that. Um, and just for our listeners, just just even for her, she's still in the get it, got it, give it phase of, man, she went through a lot. She, it was, it was. I can't even imagine losing a son like that. Um, but she's still willing to, you know, be on a podcast with Robbie and talked about what she's going through. Um, and just willing to, to, to meet others with that. Um, and, and I think my favorite thing from that was Colossians 3.3. 13 when she was just talking about um just just the person who was just giving was almost making fun of them and i just can't even imagine that um and i just want to read you guys to that out of the new living translation it just says make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you remember the lord forgave you so you must forgive others and for her it's all about forgiveness and i absolutely love that so bjorn what were some of your thoughts yeah, well, no, I think that's that's so powerful. And forgiveness is so difficult to do. And I 
I know for me personally, there are people that I need to extend forgiveness towards and it's hard Mm. because I'm, I'm prideful and selfish and I don't want to, and because it's hard. And so I, I would just encourage all of our listeners. And this is, you know, me saying this to myself as well as, you know, who in your life do you need to forgive? And what does that look like? And if you're unsure, that's okay. But I encourage you to seek God first and talk to your pastor, talk to your friends, talk to your spouse, talk to those that you love about this. Um, Because once we forgive, that's when we can really find freedom from whatever that was that happened. And for me, biggest reflecting points were two quotes that she shared. One was just that one about how permanent solutions don't don't have a permanent solution for a temporary problem. There are tons of things that will come up in life that are problems. And those will just be temporary. Those problems will come and they will go. And so don't make a permanent solution for that temporary problem, whether that's, you know, changing job, whether that's leaving a spouse, as she said, only 2% of married couples stay together after the loss of a son. That is a, that's a permanent solution that people have chosen for that maybe temporary problem. And so I would just encourage you guys to, to, you know, really pray over that quote there. The other was the quote by Laura story that she mentioned about worshiping in brokenness. Man, that that's really powerful because I know there are so many times where I feel broken inside. And if my response can be in worship, man, how powerful would that be if even in the midst of tragedy, even in the midst of terrible things going on, if I was to just lift my palms heavenward and say, God, I'm yours and I'm just going to worship in this instance. And she mentioned, you know, if you can't read because you're crying profusely, throw on worship music. Mm just sit in God's presence and let that just, you know, resonate with you. And the last thing here, sorry, I have a lot of reflection points. No, it's a great conversation. The last thing was this age old saying that I have said personally many times and many times I have heard people say this to me as well, is that God won't give you more than you can handle. Mm. Misquoted. Misquoted. And I just want to shed some light on that, that It's almost the opposite, that there are things in life that you can't handle, and that in and of itself is a reminder to each and every one of us of how much we need a Savior. That's who Jesus Christ is. That's what the message of the gospel is. The message of the gospel is that we are not our own gods. We are not full and complete in and of ourselves. But in Christ, that completeness, that is where we can find perfection. Because perfection is Christ. That's not something, that's not who we are. We are not perfect. We are sin and we are flawed. And so I want to flip that around is that there will be things that you can't handle. But through Christ, you can. Through Christ, you can overcome that. And so when there are tough times, lean on Christ. When there's brokenness, worship. When there are temporary problems, don't seek permanent solutions. So that, that's just a little bit of my reflection on there. Noah, do you have anything else for us? Yeah, I think it's reminded. I, I, I think when people say that, 
uh, they're misquoting First Corinthians when it's talking about you, you, if you're tempted, there will always be a way out. That doesn't mean, you know, other things like the what the world's going to throw at you. The world's going to crush you in a lot of things. And that's why Jesus reminds you, take heart, for I've overcome the world. Mm. And I think that reminder of leaning into Jesus, leaning into God during those times is so, so crucial. Yeah, that, that's so good. And it reminds me of just this last thing before I let you guys go is that everything that has been created was created good and was created in and through and for Christ. Now, when I hear that, I think of all the crappy things that go on in this world. Sure. I think of sins. I think of pride. I think of lust. Those things aren't good. Right. Well, we have an enemy in Satan, the devil. Satan cannot create anything new. He is not anywhere near as powerful as God. Mm. And so sin comes from the devil twisting what has already been created to be good. The devil twists things. So something like pride. Pride is our worth that has been twisted by the devil. Something like lust, love, twisted by the devil to be something that it shouldn't. Now, we see sports, for example. Sports are so good. God created man. Man has created sports, competition, something we love to do. Well, the devil has twisted sports to be something that can be very evil. When we play sports so that we get the glory, so that we become millionaires and make money and play in pro sports, and that is our goal. That's how the devil twists sports. Now, music. Music is so good, and music can be used in worship to sing, to praise. We have these beautiful hymns. We have these beautiful songs that were written in the Bible, in the Psalms. But now we see how music can be twisted to be something that is evil. Absolutely. And that's just a reminder that how small, puny, not powerful Satan is. Right. Where he can't create anything on his own. All he can do is create, twist something that has been good to make it evil. So for you in your lives, I would just encourage you. When there are bad things that happen, when there is sin, when there is this um, this darkness, I encourage you to ask yourself, what is the goodness that Satan is trying to twist to make you see this darkness? And how can we redeem what Satan has twisted to be something good again? So that that's just, I guess, a mini sermon here that I'm preaching that I'll just sort of uh, leave you all with and myself as well to really think and dwell on that. So thank you guys all so much for listening today and stay tuned next week. We drop an episode every Monday for what we have next. Such a good conversation with Carrie Spring. Make sure to check out their podcast, The Real Raw Truth Podcast, and check out our previous episode with Robbie Raw. And next week, we are interviewing a former offensive lineman who played for the New York Giants and the San Francisco 49ers, Scott Gregg. He's a big, big man. Like, I'm talking close to seven feet, and he has a seven-foot son. Here's a little of an excerpt. Then went on to the pros and, you know, spent my first five years uh, at at uh, the New York Giants, and uh, Michael Strahan had been drafted a year before I had been drafted. Wow! And uh, and we he was a left defensive end, I was a right offensive tackle, and so we battled every single day uh, wow. in practice, and it was it was competitive and it was uh, intense. 
Thanks for listening to the Sweat Room Sports and Faith Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. And if you want to connect with us and see what God is doing through other of our ministries and never miss an episode, you can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Watermark Sports and on Twitter at Sweat Room Pod. Just remember, until next time, get it, got it, and give it. Thanks for listening to The Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesleyan Church. 